This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Yeah, that MKUltra stuff is just so dangerous. What they've done with our veterans is just, it's, it's unconscionable. These people that are running the world, you know, I've got friends that are like, well, no, every this whole Q stuff and all of that. And I'm just like, you have to look at what, why are they misdirecting people, you know, uh, you know, with all of this nuclear crap going on, all of this fake war stuff. I mean, I don't know. To me, it seems fake, but. You know, this MK Ultra stuff is just so dangerous. And they've been using those type of techniques with the public through TV, through movies. You know, it's all about programming, programming. I mean, you and I have spoke, talked about this for a lot, you know, a lot of times and uh, for a while. And it is just it's so easy to see what they do. And, you know, this is a great story. So my friend, I've got a friend of mine who's a veteran, and he's like 74, I think it was. He was in Vietnam, okay? He was a 20-year veteran. He was in the Vietnam War, and anyway. And when this whole pandemic began in 2020, and through that first year, that we're all going, this is a bunch of bullshit, right? Because he, he was like, oh, this is so stupid. This isn't going to, you know, they, they, when they brought out the whole mask thing in May, June of 2020. And he's like, this doesn't do anything. Like, why are we doing this, right? And I've never, never, and you know me, I have never been, I, I was totally against it from the, from the beginning because it's, it's so dangerous. It's not healthy and everything else. Well, anyway. Fast forward to summer of 2021, and I go into, I'm in a local store, and I see him walk in, and he's wearing a mask. 
I could not <laughs> believe it. And he was like, he was in a daze too, which is really interesting. So he didn't even see me. I was standing, you know, he walked in, I was standing there. And then I said, Mike. And he looked at me and it took him a minute to snap out of it. Okay. He snapped out. I said, what are you wearing a mask for? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I thought I couldn't come in with that. I said, they can't do anything. What are you doing? This isn't, he, I, I can't believe you're wearing one. And so he took it off and put it back in his pocket and then became normal again. But it was almost like he was in a daze, a, 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 just like a, a automatic, like, he looked like he was a zombie. I mean, I, to tell you the truth. And it wasn't until he recognized me, he snapped out of it. It was insane. I will never forget that. And, you know, there are, people are masking up again around here. I mean, this whole thing has just been just crazy. I, I, I don't understand. They really, it only took, I'm going to say, a good, like, month from the time that they brought out this whole masking stuff, May of 2020 to, like, June 2020, when they were having people you know, at the stores, make sure you've got a mask on all this. I mean, it took maybe a month to six weeks for the brainwashing to be completed. It was so quick and everybody got on the bandwagon. Well, I really think between all the messaging constantly on radio, constantly on TV, constantly, you know, on all the media outlets, all the social, social media, they effectively created this matrix of, you know, fear, and, you know, oh my God, you're going to die if you don't have a mask on. And I just, it was, it was really insane to watch and see it happen. And, you know, I'm here in Seattle, which is, you know, the most leftist, crazy, you know, USA, Washington state. And it was just insane what was going on. I, I mean, it was such a matrix in King County. I was, I live out on the Washington coast. And so I'm in a podo town, so I don't. I don't see much out here, thank goodness. But when I had to go take care of my mom, she broke her shoulder in three spot in three uh, spots. I had to go and stay with her for six weeks from December of 2020 till February of 2021, and it was the most torturous six weeks of my life. I mean, I am telling you, they were so it, they were so inundated. Every 90 seconds on the local news, every every commercial break on the radio. Everything was COVID this, COVID that. I was going, I was literally, I was just going out of my mind, seriously, because I was so upset that everybody was 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 tr just going along with this shit. Anyway, it's definitely MK Ultra. That's how they've been doing this stuff, uh, and that's how they've been programming these kids in education and everything else. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. It really is. Well, I was thinking, Chrissy, that I was the our baby was due on Friday, and then I was thinking, well, maybe it's going to come on Halloween. So yeah. I didn't really put a costume together for Halloween. So last minute yesterday, I said, "Oh God, I'm probably going to have to dress up for Halloween." So I wanted to dress up as like a crazy person. So I went on Amazon real quick and I put crazy person <laughs> mask, and I ended up buying an N95. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. I'm surprised that I don't see anybody walking around in those any yet. You know, that could be the next thing. When when the, when the next pandemic is is unleashed, we're gonna all be wearing those. I mean, it's like, did you have a hazmat suit as well? 
Yeah, the, you know what the scary part is, though? This The scary part is the closer it's come to our baby coming, I started to actually have conversations uh, with my wife, and I said, listen, are we going to seem crazy when we have the baby in a hazmat suit when people come over the house that are vaccinated? Because I don't want them shedding all over our child. So what I decided... Yeah. What I decided would work, I said, these people still have this brainwashing stuff inside them. So I said, what we do is we just tell them we're afraid of the baby getting COVID and then they'll put on their hazmat suits. I said, they have no problem doing that because, yeah, if we say, look, it's to protect the baby. Can you wear your hazmat suit? They will probably gladly do it. Exactly. <laughs> Let them look like idiots and then take pictures and put it on. <laughs> you take pictures and put it all out there for the world to see. Like, this is how crazy uh, we've got. But but it's true. You know, you're doing what you're doing. With, I, I, I'm amazed. I mean, listen, if people don't know by now, you are the research king. I mean, you dissect everything and learn as much as you can. And what you've done. I've seen you over the last nine months researching and trying to figure out, you know, how you're going to have the child, you know, what's the most natural way. And I mean, it is amazing. And I think if more people would start thinking about more on a human level, everybody is so um, we're so inundated with the crazy every single day that you forget we're human beings and we have to preserve that. Uh, and and especially if you're having a, a child, you know, people with, with children need to think about it on a generational level. I mean, is this, is this what, do we want the fear to, I mean, that's the other issue with all this is the fear factor. I mean, right now, I mean, I don't watch the mainstream media news, but you know, it, it, the little bits and pieces I get, it's all fear 24 seven. And, you know, we have to stop being fearful you know and um it was uh, there was a point to that i hope you're editing this i'm saying that now but anyway. no um, of course anyway, not. so but my point was huh no i'm not gonna Sorry. edit this this is raw and in um, the in the real it's raw and 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 uh, raw and real okay well anyway my point is is that you have, I think, people need to listen to how you are thinking much further ahead. How you're going to raise your child. You know, do we want to put them in the indoctrination school? We need to, like, really change the way we think. Because we, right now, I mean, a lot of people as a collective on Earth, human being, we think what they want us to think. Nobody's critical. Uh, so many people are not critically thinking. They're not. They're not. They, they're afraid to voice their own opinions on things because they're afraid of, of, of getting, you know, getting attacked. I mean, you know, you have to create the world in which you want to live in. You know, we can't allow the society as a whole, this crazy, you know, I, I don't even know what to call it. It's an amalgam of hell okay, <laughs> to take over and, and change us as human beings. 
you know, we have opportunities. And the point is, is that you have to start thinking on a generational level and not in the here, not like in the moment. And they've got everybody thinking, um, oh, well, what do we want right now? Everything is now. And you have to start building on a generational level and start really thinking, is this what we want to do for the future uh, of our lives and our kids, you know? No, Chrissy, I I think you're, look, you're a hundred percent right. And part of this thing is I talk to the audience about it all the time. At the end of the day, everyone wants solutions. I only can share the solutions to things that I've done in my life, stuff we're trying to do, things I've researched. And that's what other guests have talked about too. And at the end of the day, if we believe in individualism, we're all going to have different solutions. Certain of us are going to be willing to accept certain parts of this matrix more than others you know certain people need the internet in the house other ones need some of the smart devices or they're not willing to let go of those so (laughs) everyone is going to end up with a different path and it's all about being honest with yourself and then writing down a a set of options that you have on all these different things Mm -hmm. and you know what your spouse is willing to compromise on i mean if if it were up to me and i did my life over i probably would have went full amish about 20 years ago i would have grew the abe lincoln beard (laughs) and i would have showed up on the doorstep of the amish and i would have said hey teach me how to churn butter i will earn my keep and so you know now we have to deal with this realistic situation and i know you know with the amount of work that we had to put in and i share it with the audience uh you know with the baby we wanted to exit the rockefeller medical industrial complex as much as possible but it involved a lot of work and we had to make sacrifices on some of the materialistic things because we had to spend out of pocket instead of using insurance to do a lot of this so those are the sacrifices that one has to make if you actually want to live outside the system they make it very easy to live within their system that's the whole point and so if they make it easy to live in the system now you may end up getting jabbed and die of cancer cancer because you made a choice to live within that system but i know in your particular case i don't know how much of this you want to share but when i talk about it being difficult to make the moves to live outside the system i know for you the last two years you've been doing research and and as i say to the audience all the time too not all of us have five million dollars in the bank and we could just go buy 25 acres somewhere and get an rv and live out there away from everyone else a lot of us still have to make money or we only have a certain amount of income coming in so we're locked into certain situations but you spent you know the last two years looking at old rvs trying to find a piece of land that you can escape to i mean you're in a lucky situation uh based on where you happen to live now it's just so beautiful but you know that the clock is ticking on that place eventually so if you don't mind just talking about it because it is difficult but when you start to be honest with yourself and you say okay how am i going to do this realistically i you know we all say oh we're going to just escape to a big piece of land but when you actually start working on the details it is difficult it's not easy right oh yeah it's it's hard i mean this is where my my journey has kind of led me you know in 20 god when was that i'm trying to even remember i think it was 2016 that i moved out here I found basically what happened was I pretty much downsized. I had a huge storage unit that just, I had so much stuff. It it was incredible. Anyway, I downsized and I found this little cottage that is out here on the Washington coast. And I fell in love with the area because 
you know, it's right near the water. There's lots of trees. I mean, I'm very much, I like the scenery and I like, you know, the picturesque, you know, uh, I guess, feeling and the feelings that are out here. And it's very uh, small town. There is no food service. So, for instance, in 2020, when, you know, people were ordering from DoorDash, and you know all about that, Justin, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no DoorDash out here. There's nothing like that out here. I don't have a cab service out here. There's a bus that literally goes by my house twice a day. And if, and before I got my car, I, that's the, I would have to do plan like a whole day to go down to 45 minutes into going to the grocery store. But, you know, like you said, you sacrifice things to be in an area that you like. So anyway, fast forward to, yeah, I mean, 2020, I've been, the last two, two years, I've been really seriously thinking of doing the RV route. And it, it's amazing. You know, there's a huge community out there that they RV full time, which is so interesting to me because I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I, my place is small, so I downsized and I only have a few pieces of furniture, really. Um, but I have a lot of other things, obviously, lots of books and things like that. So I, I look at like these little teeny trailer. I like the teardrop, tra- uh, the teardrop trailers, but they're, I, I really feel like I need a little bit more space. But it's interesting to realize how much do I need, you know? It's about learning to, learning to, I, I don't know. It's not that I don't like nice things. Don't get me wrong, you know? I mean, I like my jewelry. I only have a few good pieces, but I mean, I like my, I like nice things and I like nice clothes. And when I used to work, I was an investigator for 17 years uh, working within the criminal justice system. And, you know, and I was making a decent amount of money and this and that. So I have some nice clothes and a few nice things. But in the big, long, grand scheme of things, when you think about just survival, because the whole idea is that you want to live, I want to live as far out of the matrix as I can. And like you said, it's really difficult with all the technology, right? Because you need technology on the one hand for certain things and sometimes you can like cut it out on another so it's a it, it, it's going to be a balance um and so but you know it's i really think you know when i picture in my head i mean we, we don't know what's going to happen all i know is agenda 2030 maybe we can talk about that in a little bit is coming up they are they are really uh, i believe setting things up obviously yeah the new world order but ultimately it's it's setting up so that the antichrist can take over and then i in my opinion i believe it would be the un taking over security and you know mili- you know for all the different countries and i think they're going to actually there's going to be less countries i think they're going to they're going to mush them together so the idea is is that if you are in my in my what what my thought is for me is that it's the best to have your own property somewhere you know far away from the uh, large cities and this and that and and try to live with less is more is, is my opinion at this point and um you know it's hard for me I'm single and you know I've got some uh, I don't know what you want to call them they're health issues but 
I have issues uh, with my back and things like that. I've had three back surgeries. So, you know, I have to really uh, figure out how I'm going to do this because I really think that being in an RV, getting your own piece of land, or even if I got my own piece of land and maybe was able to, to build like a, a tiny house, not a real small, but, you know, have like a tiny house on the property and then be able to do some garden, you know, grow my own vegetables, just a few things so that I feel like if anything major happens, I would be able to at least, you know, support myself. And that's sort of where my head is at right now. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And look, in 2030 is a very important uh, year because what you're looking at, stuff coming out of the World Economic Forum, obviously the UN agenda is 2030 and 2050. You look at the Saudi Arabian 2030 investment plan. You look at uh, Ray Kurzweil, chief engineer at Google, who has been the foremost sort of uh, revolutionary on the idea of singularity, the merger of man and machine. You know, he had always projected Mm -hmm. 2030 as a major year. All these different elements of this sort of worldwide fascist takeover are in place for 2030. Mm-hmm. And, th- and this includes everything. Uh, I, I have a guest coming on who's been in finance, who's been researching banking. He's been involved with that for 40 years. He's coming on in a couple of days to talk about uh, CBDC, central bank digital currency, stakeholder capitalism, which comes out of the World Economic Forum, and then the Bank for International Settlements, basically the financial arm of how they are strong-arming all of the companies and governments into this uh, system. Now, I've been doing a lot of research, obviously, on transhumanism and technocracy, the past, like the history, where it comes from, the current, where they're at today, and then the future, where I think they're going. Uh, And I think all these different plans, all these different fascist, uh, communist-like plans are all going to converge. I don't think it's an accident. I don't think it's organic. I think all this stuff is going to happen. And this idea, like we're talking about, of you know, a new world order or one world government or all of these countries, territories merging together, it all makes perfect sense. Now, how are you going to manage it all? Well, when you look at the World Economic Forum or you read Klaus Schwab's book, uh, The Fourth, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, uh, that came out in 2016, all this stuff can only be managed uh, by the idea of a technocracy. And that is, going back to 1919, it is the scientists, the engineers, and the technologists who are going to manage the means of production and then the distribution of goods and services. And so that's basically what the UN agendas all combine in. That's what World Economic Forum talks about. And so they couldn't do this back in 1919 because they didn't have the technology to do it. But now they do. And so a lot of people say to me, well, look, look at Chrissy's cell phone connection. It's not so great where she is. Look at our internet connections up all the time they are allowing us to interface with the garbage we we are using the garbage technology the real stuff that's going to run this are what you mentioned earlier it's like elon musk starlink system that comes out of spacex that is backed 100 percent funded by the government peter thiel is invested in spacex starlink is 
going to be the system that runs all of us. Now, here's the interesting part. I was reviewing a recent article on Elon Musk where they're now trying to set this narrative that he's Tony Stark and he's fighting with the federal government and they gave him too much power. It's it's such a narrative because he was built up by the government, created by the government. He is the government. And so then they say, well, now the government, the FDA, or, or sorry, the FCC pulled the licenses. They had a deal with him uh, where they were going to pay part of the money to bring the internet to rural areas. Well, of course, this Starlink was never launched to bring internet to people like Chrissy on the beach or people in rural areas right. up in the mountains. It's designed, and it's not just to run drones and the army technology over in the Ukraine that we know that our money is going towards. It is going to be used to interlink all of these prison planet technological systems that manage the natural world that we're living in, that we walk around in the physical world, and will also be the internet that powers the cyber world, the metaverse, that half the people that are plugged into the matrix are going to be living inside. I mean, it's so obvious. So, Chris, you've been looking at UN and Agenda 2030 for a number of years. So, let, yeah, let's have a talk about that. Let's discuss that because I haven't gone into depth with it on this show yet. Well, I'm telling you, what they have planned is just so scary. Um, they basically are planning to, uh, this is what I see, okay? I think once they get everything merged together, okay, once they, they create, I think what they're doing is they're doing, um, they're going to create this matrix of, I'm trying to think of how to put this because I don't know. Okay. The way that I believe what they're doing is they're going to merge everything. So like you were saying, the World Economic Forum, then the World Health Organization, the UN, NATO, I think all those are going to merge together at some point because they got to get, they have too many arms out there. I mean, in order to be uh, a one-world government, I think there's they're gonna they're gonna. I believe like the UN is going to be the main thing, and then everything will branch out from there. And that's why they need to, uh, you know, get rid of as many countries as possible. So now, like we're seeing all of the governments collapse. That's another thing. You know, people don't understand. Why is all? Why are all these governments collapsing? Um, and there are people out there that believe that the reason that they're collapsing is because uh, because of the, all the corruption and that things of people are getting arrested and all of that. Well, I honestly, I don't have any documentation that any any arrests like this has been made. And can you imagine the millions and millions of people, like really, that are involved in this, all this corruption? from the top down uh, in each country. Now, you talk about Ukraine, right? That That's a huge, huge New World Order uh, country. All their stuff goes through there, all their, all their um, money laundering, a lot of their trafficking of human beings and everything else goes through that hub. And so to believe, so to believe that these things that they're not going to, uh, you know, that, 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 that all these governments are collapsing because of that is because of this, this, every, all these people are getting arrested and whatever. 
I just don't see that, you know, I, there's no place that I can go and, okay, well, supposedly there's these tribunals going on and all this. I don't have any documentation of that. I can't go to a site and look up on the supposedly it would be uh, JAG that would be doing all of these, right? All the, the military tribunals for all these different dictators that are coming down and, you know, uh, all of that all over the world. Well, it's there. You, there's nothing. There's no documentation. And when people say to me, oh, well, you know, it's all got to be on the hush and hush. I mean, there are things that are going on. Yes, but all these other things that are distracting people from the big picture. And the big picture is by 2030, in my opinion, at this point, from everything that I've looked at, everything that I, that I've read and everything else, I believe that's when the Antichrist rises into power. And so all this stuff with this election fraud, all this crap about, you know, Russia is going to, you know, nuclear nuke Ukraine or whatever. It's just distractionary. It's just to, to keep people um, busy while they do their nefarious things to set up a world government. And not only that, but different states, they're all pushing these laws through. They're pushing a lot of laws through in order to remove your sovereignty, the sovereignty of every state. Okay. And that's a whole other issue. Oh my gosh, it goes it, it goes so deep. It's it's so hard to get to really. I know. I know. We, we, yeah, Chrissy, yeah, it's so no, I was going to tell you. It's so crazy because I've been trying here in the last 75 episodes to keep myself focused on sort of one thing at a time, one thing at a time. And there's so many great people at pain.tv slash gold that send me, you know, everything that we do here is based on publicly sourced intelligence. So this comes from their articles, their white papers, the government documents, the investors, the companies, the investors in the companies, the front men like Elon Musk and Peter Thiel. I mean, this is all their stuff. It comes from their conferences their panel discussions, their think tanks like World Economic Forum. But there's so much to this to try to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. I mean, you mentioned Ukraine. Ukraine is already a prison uh, prison planet technocracy. They have videos advertising it. They brag about it like, oh, we have facial recognition and scanning all over the place. I mean, in the meantime, they're making a hologram of uh, Zelensky. You know, uh, when this guy goes out there, he's obviously like an actor. He acts like G.I. Joe, like the guy's in the middle of a war. He doesn't have time to come out of his G.I. Joe pajamas. He can't put a suit on once in a while and shave. I mean, it's the same acting that went on here under COVID land, the high school theater production, which I call it because it was a high school theater. And so it was like when Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and all these guys grew beards. Like I'm supposed to believe a multi-million dollar senator can't get a haircut and a razor to shave their face during COVID. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's all scripted theater. But on top of it, I I just want to point this out while we're talking about it because this is really important. And this is all great Halloween stuff, folks, because we do live in a thriller (laughs) right now. But... The thing is, you were just talking about all these governments collapsing or this illusion of governments collapsing. Now, back when Trump was in power, when I started to become a little disenchanted with him about a year in, uh, we were always joking in text message. You were the Pollyanna who was hanging in there. But I used to say, if you remember. I was Pollyanna, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was Pollyanna. I, you, would, 
You were like, come on, Christy, come on. (laughs) Well, now it's now it's 2022 and I can surgically become Pollyanna if I want to. Uh, that's, yeah, you that's <laughs> the whole gender better, but no, so the thing I was going to say is that when I started to, I, I remember, maybe I'll share it with the audience sometimes I wrote a three part scenario about a year into Trump. I think I put that out back when I was podcasting with Halsey English and I had written three scenarios on yeah. Trump, one of which he was the Bruce Wayne and he had been like wiretapping these guys for years and he had all the dirt on them. We still all kind of believe that and that was really before QAnon came out. So we had our own Q thing before Q. Yeah. The second was that it was just a giant clusterfuck, that Trump was a useful idiot, these guys sucked them in, they used them, they let him go out there and just to create chaos, and he doesn't even really know what's going on. And then the third, and this is all before COVID land, and the third was that he was a Trojan horse, he's on board with all this stuff. And so I started to say, if that's the case then the purpose was to normalize sedition, treason, criminality, and corruption across the board, later election fraud, so that we would all lose faith in the systems altogether. Now, the majority of us that originally came from the right, as I tell the audience all the time, we dislike the government and the institutions for good reason, okay? But what we advocated for, or what we hoped would happen at some point, is that we would uproot the corruption, we would drain the swamp, we would arrest the deep state, and we would reinstate our constitutional republic. And then just start all over again, because it's a cycle of civilizations. It never stays uh, non-corrupt for very long. But that was our idea. And what happened during the Trump years, though, as we can look back on it now the left also was sold a bill of goods just take russiagate for instance the left was told that trump was a russian spy and they were going to arrest him and everyone else's russian spies and we were told that he was being set up as a russian spy and Mueller and comey and the rest of them would be arrested for setting him up as a russian spy in the end nobody wins and everybody becomes disenchanted with the system now if you start to look at what's going on around the world geopolitically this is happening in a lot of other countries it's like the same script with different characters and so the people from both the right and the left are both becoming disenchanted with their governments for the right reasons but the issue and this is coming out of the peter thiel camp and i've covered him extensively because he's highly influential huge government contractor his softwares are embedded in almost every government agency giant military industrial complex guy big government leech uh he runs people like elon musk and a number of these other puppets out there, these actors that play these parts. Peter Thiel obviously was behind Trump. He's behind multiple candidates now, including Blake Masters, who is his protege, uh, J.D. Vance. And Peter Thiel has money spread far and wide. Now, he's behind a guy named Curtis Yarvin, who has become the Yuval Noah Harari of what they call the New Right. And Peter Thiel is now behind the New Right movement. The issue is that the New Right talk to the supposed conservatives what's left of it because the rest of it was destroyed under trump and now it's just a giant tent of circus freaks but what they're advocating for and there's an article i've been reviewing from vox and another one from vanity fair that i'm going to finish up in the next episode for my audience because it gets really interesting and yarvin admits to the journalists that their idea here in this think tank was to get the right and the left 
to become so disenchanted with government and hate government, they're willing to accept something new. Not the restoration of a republic here in the uh, case of the United States. Not more freedom, not more liberty, not more prosperity, not more human autonomy. They are actually trying to, and they're trying to get Trump to be the guy to run on this, advocate for a techno-fascist king. And so they want to tear down Congress. All right, we might hate Congress because they're corrupt, but they want to now remove the legislative branch. They want to remove the courts. Now, we may hate the courts because they're corrupt, but if you eliminate the courts, where is your due process now? Even the illusion of due process would then be gone. They want to abolish the state and local governments. So originally in this country, the states were basically like individual countries. So you talk about eliminating countries. They want to now even remove the illusion of states by abolishing state and local government they want to take all the local cops and put them under central command under the federal government this is what peter thiel's guy curtis yarvin he is like the genius the king philosopher behind this new movement so they're advocating for techno fascism which is technocracy a technological system run by the scientists and engineers which we basically have in this country anyway all these unelected bureaucrats that run all this stuff like covid like we saw with anthony Fauci. But they want to concentrate it under a monarch. And so they're trying to convince the people uh, also using what's called techno populism. And it was Steve Bannon and Trump that drove people towards populism and away from the constitutional republic that you're eventually going to be able to vote. That's like true democracy where the majority could vote the minority into death camps. So they want to have this idea that we'll all vote on on a phone or with our VR headset or whatever or our brain chip. And then the techno-fascist king, which they're trying to get Trump to run as, will then be the overseer to enact the will of the people through the technocracy, the management system of the scientists and engineers, where they control the means of production. They're going to create a 24-7, 365 work schedule where all the people constantly work and we create an abundance of goods, and then they control the distribution of the goods, which will be done through rationing and basically food coupons that they had uh, with my wife when she grew up in Poland under Soviet communism. Like, this crazy part is because we talk about what's happening worldwide but all these countries have different histories you know poland has this history of being taken over by the fascists then taken over by the communists now the united states is there so you have all these different countries that have to be collapsed and consolidated and monopolized in certain ways you know everyone has a different culture so they have to do this in different ways now if you could collapse the united states and get them on board. Remember, people don't really have to vote for it. They just have to create the illusion that a majority of people wanted this. That's how they do it. So they can say, well, it's a mandate from the people. So if they could collapse the United States that has this rich history, or we're supposed to believe, uh, rooted in liberty and freedom and justice, if they could get the United States under a technocracy, under a techno-fascist king who oversees it, then they can do it to any other country. So, I mean, this is scary stuff, Chrissy. Like, this isn't just nutty people talking. They're backed by Peter Thiel. And and the importance that I try to uh, keep repeating to the audience is it's not like Peter Thiel 
is just some dude. He currently has $2.6 billion that I could find of government contracts. His, his software companies are inside of the DOD, every branch of the military, inside the IRS, in the CDC, in health and human services. So if he was so dangerous by funding people like Curtis Yarvin to write this type of stuff, the, the government, if they were good and Thiel was an enemy, would have pulled all of his contracts. If Elon Musk is so powerful, like they're trying to create this narrative, the government would just shut him down. That's what people don't understand. The state and their oligarchs like Thiel and Musk are one in the same. Those guys are just extensions right. of the state. So our government has to be on board. Like all the important players have to be on board with the idea of folding everything up and moving into this type of system. Other Otherwise, they would actually be fighting back to protect their own power. I mean, wouldn't you say that that makes exactly. sense?